Hello everyone and welcome back to Unbarred the podcast. I am your host Sophia and thank you all for listening to today's episode. This is our second show so So we we hope you all enjoyed last week's episode and are excited to see what we have in store for you this week. Before we get started let me give you a little introduction as to who we are and what our show is about for all our new listeners. We are a group of university students from the University of Nottingham and we are passionate about criminal justice reform and have been inspired to create a helpful and informative podcast on the topic of reform in the wake of COVID-19. Usually we visit prisons and former inmates to offer advice on a variety of topics ranging from life skills to statute law. However, because of the pandemic, we've now had to move our advice online. We will be sharing all our information on tips on this podcast. Each week we will discuss a range of different topics from mental health resources and amazing charities to crime and prison documentary reviews. This week we have Charlotte discussing ex-convict friendly employers followed by Hafsa who will be explaining your rights when you first encounter the police. And finally, Daniela will be telling us more about the fantastic charity Birth Companions that helps pregnant women while in prison. Doesn't it sound like an amazing show? So don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Unbarred the Podcast. And while you're over there, be sure to let us know of any of the other topics you'd like us to cover via DM. Or if you have any favourite parts of the show, be sure to let us know over there too. Now, Let's get the show started. Hi there, I'm Charlotte and today we'll be talking about getting a job when you leave prison. It might seem like a daunting task, but getting a job is the best way you can demonstrate that you're taking your own rehabilitation seriously. Whilst you'll have financial security, you'll also have routine, commitments and really feel like you're contributing to society in whatever sector you end up working in. When you're applying for a job, you won't be ruled out just because you have a criminal record. In fact, 17% of the population do, so it just wouldn't be right for a company to discriminate on that basis. However, it might be better for you to know that your criminal record won't affect how people treat you when you actually start working in that job and in that company's environment. This is where it's really important to try and focus your job search on companies that are known to be supportive of ex-offenders. It might seem like an attractive prospect to go on Indeed and send hundreds of job applications and hope that one of them might be successful. But if you apply to these more progressive companies, it's much more likely you will actually enjoy your work. So how can you find out whether a company you want to apply to is ex-offender friendly? There's an organisation called Exceed, and it focuses on helping people leaving prison get into the working world. They have an entire A to Z list of UK companies that are known to be supportive of ex-offenders. Whilst you shouldn't limit your applications to only ones on this list, it might be an interesting place to start looking at possible sectors to go into. We'll have that list linked in the description of this podcast, actually. And also, that's another thing to note. You shouldn't be limiting yourself to one sector just because you don't think that ex-offenders fit in to the sector that you're genuinely interested in. If you can tailor your CV to demonstrate that you have the skills that fit in with that company's ethos, the recruiters will feel like you're invested in the job rather than applying blindly. It's a really interesting place to start and you shouldn't limit yourself to one. If you aren't sure of what sector you want to go into, just looking for somewhere comfortable that will provide a safe work environment will be a good place to start. You might have seen Timpsons, a retailer that offers key cutting and shoe repair services in the larger Tesco's throughout the country. 
what appears to be a small retailer, has made a very big commitment to aiding the rehabilitation of ex-offenders. They have an organisation called the Timpson Foundation that provides the opportunity for prisoners while incarcerated to attend their training courses so that on their release day they are ready and prepared with the skills they need to start work straight away. In fact, Timpsons are known to meet people on their release day with uniform in hand, ready to introduce their new employee to their new home. Timpsons is a pioneer in this field and seems to appreciate the importance of vocational training and using prison time in a constructive way. However, this isn't an opportunity that's available to everyone in prison, so you can still apply once you've been released. They don't focus on academic qualifications, they just want people with great personalities. It's still possible to apply and complete training either in branch or at one of their specialist training centres. It's really refreshing to see a company be so committed to such an important cause. We'll have a link to the Timpson Foundation in the description of this podcast if that sounds like something you're interested in. You don't have to focus your job search on companies that are ex-convict friendly. But it might just make staying in that job that tiny bit easier if you know that they'll be supporting you through your reintroduction to society. It might be scary, but it's the best thing you can do to show that you're serious about your own rehabilitation. Thank you for listening and we look forward to talking to you in the next episode. Hey guys, we'll be talking about your rights when you first encounter the police. This is an important area of the law to know about as this ensures that the correct process is being followed. If you want further information regarding these rights, you can find them on the official Met Police and Government websites. First, we'll go over stop and questioning. First, in this scenario, a police community officer must be in uniform when they stop and question you. However, sometimes police officers are not always in uniform. Therefore, in this scenario, they must show you their warrant card. Next, the officer may ask you for your name, what you are doing in the area and where you are going. You do not need to stop or answer any of these questions. And if you choose this option, then there is no, and there's no other reasonable reason to suspect you. This cannot be used to search or arrest you further. This is quite a brief scenario and is uncommon to occur. It may only occur if there may be crime in the area or police officers are doing investigations. Next, we'll discuss stop and search powers and rights. First, the officer searching you must be using their powers fairly, responsibly and with respect for people without discrimination. An example of this is that police officers can only stop and search you if they have reasonable grounds grounds to suspect a person of having stolen goods or prohibited articles. This comes under the PACE Act, which is the Police and Criminal Evidence Act, Section 1, and more specifically Section 1.3 regarding reasonable grounds. PACE is important as it contains all the relevant legislation regarding police powers of arrest, those pre-arrest, and the correct steps such as reasonable grounds that the police must undertake. Therefore, if you are interested, it may be a good idea to take the time to read some of the sections of this legislation for more information. Next, you can be stopped and searched without reasonable grounds, but this can only occur if it has been approved by a senior police officer and it is suspected that serious violence could take place, you are carrying a weapon or have used one, or you are in a specific location, for example, where a crime has occurred or an investigation is occurring. Next, if English, English is not your first language and you don't understand why you have been stopped, reasonable steps must be taken to provide you with the information in your own language. 
As from earlier, we can see that the word reasonable is very important in making sure the police act accordingly and do not abuse the powers conferred to them. Before you are searched, a police officer must tell you their name and police station, what they expect to find and why they want to search you, why legally they are allowed to search you, and that you can have a record of the search or a copy which can be obtained up to three months after the search has taken place. Regarding the removal of clothes, an officer can ask you to take off your coat, jacket or gloves, and if they ask you to remove religious clothing, they must do this out of the public view. If an officer wants to remove more than a jacket or gloves, the officer must be of the same sex as you. When being stopped, it is important to remain calm and patient and avoid being verbally abusive, as this can escalate the situation. As I said earlier, you can ask for the reason you are being searched and what for. With this information, you can guess where the officers may search you. Although you do not need to give your name, address, date of birth, or what you are up to unless the officer points out a specific offence they suspect you of committing, but not providing the details may lead to a longer detainment, so it is better to comply unless you feel it as if it is absolutely unnecessary. All searches are recorded on body cameras which are kept for 30 days, so if you do feel as if you have been discriminated against, harassed, or an officer has abused their authority, you do have the right to complain and there will be then evidence. Earlier I mentioned reasonable grounds. These involve suspicions of having stolen or prohibited articles on you, or intelligence about a crime. Reasonable grounds do not include age, race, nationality, appearance, religion or a criminal record. To remember the key points we just discussed, you can use the acronym GOWISELY. Use this to remember the info the officer must give you during and after your stop and search. So G stands for grounds for search, O is for the objective of the search, W is for the warrant card if the officer is in plain clothes, I is for the identity of the officer, S is for the station of the officer, E is entitlement to a copy of the search record, L is for the legal power being used, and Y is for you are being detained for the purpose of a search. So please just remember, go wisely. It's also important to remember that being searched does not mean that you are being arrested, and the police powers and your rights regarding this are different. The search time must also be kept to a minimum, and the officer does not have the power to detain you in order to find grounds for a search. Those reasonable grounds must already be present. Thank you for listening to this section and I hope it helps some of you become more informed regarding your rights. One really important charity is Birth Companions. They aim to support women in prison as well as those who are facing severe disadvantage in the community during pregnancy, birth and early motherhood. The ways in which they do this include improving their mental health and well-being, by reducing isolation and enabling mothers to give their babies the best possible start in life and shaping local and national policies that impact mothers and babies. They are a highly recognised charity and were actually awarded the Una Padel Award run by the Centre of Crime and Justice Studies in 2011. This was for their work in Holloway Prison with pregnant women and new mothers. The work they do is so vital because the experience of pregnancy and motherhood in prison, as opposed to the outside, varies heavily, especially in regard to comfortability and nutrition. 
This is something that could have a major impact on a pregnancy. Outside prison, pregnant women and new mothers can expect to be cared for in a way which values their dignity, since they generally have access to good nutrition, education and information. They also receive support from their family, friends and local community. Whereas women who are pregnant whilst in prison are denied many of these things. It is statistically shown that women who are prisoners largely come from disadvantaged backgrounds and are therefore particularly vulnerable during their pregnancies due to the effects of poor health, poverty and a lack of support. Foreign national prisoners face particular problems due to communication and cultural differences. In Holloway Prison, almost a quarter of the women are from abroad, so you can imagine the difficulty in having a healthy pregnancy in such circumstances without sufficient support. Further, research has shown that many pregnant women in prison have an almost unimaginable fear of facing childbirth without the support of family and friends. So where does birth companions come in? Since the formation of the group in October 1996, they have provided support to over 200 women. Birth companions visit Holloway Prison regularly to meet women who are interested in their support. They draw up a birth plan with pregnant women so they know exactly how she wants to be supported during her labour and what help she needs. She is also provided with the birth companion's phone number so that she can contact them when she needs to. When the charity is contacted by a woman in labour, a trained volunteer birth companion goes to meet her in a hospital and stays with her providing support and encouragement throughout her labour. After the birth, volunteers visit the woman while she is still in hospital, taking her items such as food, flowers or even clothing for the baby. So essentially, they do their best to mirror the labour experience that a general woman outside of prison would go through. They've gone on to develop a service in Peterborough Prison, which has been very successful. 100% of the women supported reported improvements in their mental health and well-being, and 90% felt less isolated. 90% also felt less worried and more confident in making decisions about their pregnancy, birth and motherhood. And 88% felt more positive about breastfeeding. All 29 women that received support were satisfied with the support they received to help them give their babies the best possible start in life. That is all for this week's episode. Thank you to Charlotte, Hafsa and Daniela for your segments in this week's show. We hope you all found them helpful and if you ever put any of our tips to the test, please let us know as we'd love to know if our podcast has been useful. If you think of any other topics you think should be included in our episodes, let us know over on our Instagram at Unbarred the Podcast. You can also find the link to our social media channels in the description below. On next week's show, we will be back with more inf informative tips on how to gain work experience with an ex-convict employer and more advice on how to look after your mental health. Be sure to listen into next week's show to find out more. Thank you everyone for listening in. We hope this has been helpful and we can't wait for you to listen to our third episode next week. Thank you and goodbye from the whole podcast team. <laughs>